You're listening to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast. With this series, you can stay up to date with all the latest information and trends in the cybersecurity space by hearing from today's leading analysts, end users, and vendors so that you can be prepared for all scenarios to help protect your business. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the next phase of Cybersecurity Podcast and EM360 Production. My name is Max Curtin, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's show. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or if you go for your podcast and fix. Now, in today's episode, I'm very pleased to be joined by Pauline Lawson, who's the Lead Analyst and Cyber Operations Director at CyberAngel. Pauline is here to share her thoughts on the proliferation of sensitive external data leaks in the automotive industry in response to CyberAngel's 2021 investigative report titled The Race Against External Threats in the Automotive Supply Chain. So Pauline, welcome to the show and thank you for coming on today. Thank you, Matt, for having me. It's a great pleasure and I'm looking forward to kind of delving into the subject matter because I think it's an area that people are going to be very curious about. But before we get into the questions and we start uh, breaking down the report, could you let our listeners know a little background on yourself and Cyber Angel? Sure. Um, so my name is Pauline. I have been working at Cyber for more than four years. Um, I was cyber, initially a cybersecurity analyst uh, and I'm coming for uh, it's a more cyber uh, security and defense industry. And uh, like this, I arrived at, at Cyberlandrel. So Cyberlandrel is a DRPS solution. So basically, we're digital risks protection platform. And what we do basically that we detect and resolve external threats uh, be- before hackers uh, find them and exploit them. And we do this uh, using uh, combining uh, technology and human intelligence to provide our customers with zero false positive uh, incident reports. Excellent stuff. So you guys are never short of work at the moment, I can imagine. So uh, keep you busy. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, I'm uh, excited to kind of delve into the topic matter because the report has a lot of interesting stuff in it that people in the automotive industry or people who even just own smart cars or anything in, in that area might not even be aware of. And I think it's a warning sign for other industries as well to really be paying attention to as we kind of go on this digital transformation journey. So there's a lot in the report, so you don't have to give us everything. But if we draw on the kind of report's key findings, can you give us a overall picture of the current state of cybersecurity in the automotive industry and across the, the supply chain, really? Sure. Um, so maybe about the report. So we wanted to cover, you know, all type of automotive industry. So we chose a panel of 14 different uh, companies that represent actually all activities in the automotive industry in the world. So covering all regions, um, and any type of, of, of manufacturer, I would say. And we wanted to identify and to check with all the parameters we're checking. Uh, if they, uh, we see leaking data, vulnerable assets, for example, or exposed credentials. So we went uh, and checked uh, everything about this about this industry, and what we see is that the automotive industry has and, and relies on a very long and complex uh, supply chain, which actually create a lot of endpoints or places or third parties that could actually be vulnerable or even leak uh, information. So this structural system in this industry um, actually raises the chance of facing digital risks. And also what we see is that uh, the industrial systems that uh, is behind this um, automotive industry is more complex to administrate. So if you have all this um, operational um, technology with 
you can find and you can have more uh, vulnerabilities or it might be uh, more difficult to make sure that everything is secure. And maybe the last point that I wanted to mention here is that this industry is um, settled in, in all, across all countries in the world. And uh, when you go in, in certain regions, well, you can have also the risks that the cybersecurity culture may not be as mature as in other countries. So this also causes the risks that you will rely on, on maybe a manufacturer or a software um, company or even just a, a shipping company that may not um, rely on the same standards as the, let's say, the major manufacturers we know. So all of this causes a higher chance that you will have potentially leaks or being um, targeted by ransomware or just even some negligence um, among uh, your employees and also the third parties you're working with. Yeah, there's a lot there to kind of unpack in terms of the threats that are kind of facing it, as you say, having that many third parties, having that bigger supply chain, um, changing up the industry as well. Obviously, a lot of industries are going through this digital transformation and the automotive industry is no different from that. And having people outside of the organization just adds that risk so much more. And it's always a bit of a worry when you have that larger stretch going across, as you say, countries and organizations. So, I think one of the standout statistics that was was in there, you mentioned about kind of employees and having multiple ones, even ones in third-party elements. But one of the statistics did say that one in 10 employees have exposed public accessible credentials available online. Can you just put that into context of how severe that kind of cyber data leak is and the impact it's likely to have on those automotive companies and the employees in general? Sure, yes. So credentials and leaking credentials is a very say basic event in a in a for a company. So their employees are, are relying on, on a number of I'd say IT systems and for this uh, they need credentials. So here we're talking about just very basic basic email password to get to your uh, professional uh, email account. And what uh, ha- what's happening here is that these employees they're using their professional emails on a numerous um, number of websites or services application. And the fact is that these all these services may be uh, very vulnerable and being of being hacked by hackers. And these people are then publishing these lists, emails, and passwords on uh, dark web forums. And then basically everyone can reuse these lists of emails and password, test them. And what happens there is that um, it's very likely to happen. And I guess all of you have seen their emails um, um, leak, and they're going to send you maybe a, a, a broad um, communication like hacker communication or uh, just spamming you. But sometimes what can be a sensitive for enterprise and companies is that so hackers going to send a list of, of fake emails inviting their employees to maybe download a PDF, download a video, or just uh, very urgently send an email to the CEO with and an, I don't know, proceed to a wire transfer, let's say, for example. So what happens here is that all your employees with the credentials, they actually become entry points for hackers. So whether it's fraud, whether it's just a basic phishing attack, but it can go um, all the way up to a ransomware attack. So the consequences can be very different, but what, what's known, and, and this is why this um, figure is important, one in 10 employees, is that all companies, but here we all obviously talk specifically about the automotive industry, but across all companies uh, and industries, we have these risks of, of, of phishing from phishing to, to ransomware potentially. Yeah, definitely. I, 
I don't know how many times I've been saying this on this podcast or have people say it's me of just people using their work emails and, and just letting stuff leak so easily is one of the biggest things that could be shut down so quickly, but obviously it's so easy to do and it's just such a slip of the mind. How, how do you view it from your personal standpoint of addressing that problem of kind of cutting down using work emails and opening up those vulnerabilities? It's, uh, I mean, we awareness obviously is the biggest um, aspect. However, it's very difficult when you have hundreds of thousands of employees with mm-hmm. very different backgrounds, very different uh, knowledge about cybersecurity. But obviously, uh, maybe blocking some uh, very um, basic websites or reminding your employees. Also, um, trainings and, and, and fake campaigns can be very useful because they actually see very easily that it was not the right decision uh, they, they took. So I guess there's a lot of tools now that are available uh, for cybersecurity teams to actually launch real-life tests and training. But apart from awareness, I'd say that blocking websites or uh, will all, always uh, actually uh, push employees to actually use workarounds and they'll always do the wrong thing. So awareness, I would say, um, is still the maybe the most important um, aspect. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It's um, it's a long battle, but uh, if companies kind of invest in it, then they will see the results kind of going forward. So I 100% agree. There was a, another element that was kind of interesting that kind of popped up here. So when the report was kind of being done, it found that automotive companies from the US and Western Europe specifically suffered the most exposed credentials in the first six months of 2021. Why do you think that's the case? So... I would say that we found a, a better representation or a bigger representation of these regions, uh, mostly because they uh, maybe are more targeted by hackers. We know that either it's hackers motivated by uh, political ideas or just because they, they know they will find maybe the most data They actually target more of, of these companies. Yeah, I, I would say that it's more about the, um, the reasons about why they are targeting more Western Europe companies or U.S. companies that we see a, a higher representation of, of these uh, employees. Yeah. So do you think it will be, because obviously we've said that these organizations are spread worldwide, west to east, would it be a better case from a cybersecurity perspective to put a focus on these higher risk countries, or do you think it needs to be flat across the board? I think maybe the, the risks may be different uh, in terms of, of regions, maybe more credentials on in um, these uh, regions of Western Europe and the US, and maybe in other um, regions like in Asia, maybe in Africa, or even South America, we would have more delics, for example, or vulnerable assets, because the uh, maturity about cybersecurity uh, could be different um, across regions. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Excellent. So let's get into, we've been speaking about, obviously, the threats that are there and the risks that are there. But let's try and give the listeners some advice in terms of what we've been talking about here today. Because we've obviously been discussing how big the attack surface is and how the natural consequence of digital transformation, although it can be fantastic, does open up a lot more risk. So from your side and Cyber Angel's perspective, how can the automotive sector and really just the enterprise as a whole best safeguard sensitive data and assets without compromising their digital transformation ambitions? Um, so, yeah, as you said, the idea is not to stop digital transformation and to keep <laughs> everything and, and to go back on paper or anything. The idea is just maybe to, to identify uh, what are the main causes. So in our um, research, uh, what we found is that in, in most cases, it's still these leaks and this risk are still caused by 
third parties and external um, partners or yeah, external parties, I would say. So the first of all would be uh, definitely choosing the right partners uh, about this. So in this, uh, you can rely also on, on maybe legal procurement teams to actually help and, and identify and put the right clauses in the contract uh, to protect and potentially to help to justify to these partners why they should invest and respect the same standards in cybersecurity. In the internal side, obviously your employees um, and the employees are the first partners uh, in, in the cybersecurity area. So obviously trying to use us, as we earlier mentioned, is, is very important, but also maybe choose the methods that would not encourage them to find workarounds, so not block them in their uh, daily life and not create more processes and more hurdles that could actually cause and, and maybe generate frustrations about cybersecurity programs. And I would say the last um, advice I could give is obviously, even if you put in place all the methods, all the training, at some point, the data, the information you're using in the everyday life to um, work will eventually go out of the IT system of the company. Um, because you rely on a long supply chain, because you have partners that are outside of the company, you have to just make sure that um, you also kind of use the trust but verify uh, policy that even if you put in place everything, you will have to go out of your parameter and check if there's information outside. So in this, it's, it's um, checking outside of your scope and um, really, you know, checking this potential data leaks, checking on the dark web and making sure you're not just protecting your inside, but also making sure you have eyes wide open on the outside. I think that's fantastic advice because it can be very easy just to focus on you, the company, the problem in front of you. And there's so much more going on out there at such a fast rate. So I think that's very key for kind of people to be on the ball and looking at all options as they're kind of going forward. So one final question for you uh, before I let you go here today. There was another element of the report that kind of looked to a recent Gartner survey. And in that, it revealed that 71% of automotive CIOs are likely to increase investments in cyber and information security in 2021. So in light of the report's discoveries, and the year is almost up now, we've got a month left, is there hope for automotive companies or do you think they can turn it around before 2022? I'd say there always, there's always hope. Um, so we definitely have to uh, see that everything that happened in, in 2021 and good things or even bad things like attacks, like uh, all this went from lists of, of, of companies that are, have been targeted or just another proof that there is real risk and maybe it's maybe just it, it's more arguments to um, defend their budget and showing that there's needs to invest in innovative um, solutions in uh, non-traditional um, cybersecurity tools to actually have a, a stack of tools that will be maybe better or maybe more complex for 2022. And uh, we know that there's always leftovers in the budget uh, that are spent in, in Q4 uh, each year. So basically maybe identify what's innovative solutions or maybe trials or like short-term uh, solutions like six-month trials on the new uh, solution could be a um, a good idea uh, to actually start 2022 with um, new solutions potentially to to fight all these uh, risks. 
Excellent stuff. As we say, we keep on moving and uh, learn from the mistakes and then keep progressing forward. So it's interesting to see what's coming in 2022 for sure. So Pauline, all I can say is thank you for coming on today. It has been an absolute pleasure talking to you and thank you for walking us through this report. Thank you very much uh, for having me. And uh, yeah, really don't hesitate to go uh, and check the the report directly. Um, It will be very um, insightful, I guess. Exactly that. We will make sure that we include a link to the report in the description down below uh, so listeners can check that out because, as you say, there's a lot of good information in there that will be relevant to everyone in the cybersecurity industry. You can also head on over to the website, which is cyberangel.com. They've got some fantastic resources there. And again, we'll include that link in the description below. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, you can join the conversation at Ian360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. Subscribe to all major podcast platforms. And of course, for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com.